Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you, and boy, oh boy, am I excited for you guys today. As I always talk to you about the mindsets and the motivation, the methodologies of success, I'm actually going to introduce you to the man today to help me even cultivate that phrase. He is Maymay Brown's baby boy. Yeah, Mamie Brown's baby boy. (laughs) (laughs) And he has been a mentor and a friend and an inspiration to me for uh, over two decades. He is a great man in a world starving for wisdom. He's got it in abundance. So, Mr. Les Brown, it is an honor to have you here today, Thank my you. friend. Bless you. It's great to be here. It's always a treat when great people meet. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to have a great time. And, mm. um, you know, there's many people who have heard your voice who don't know who you are, but somebody's passed them on a, a YouTube clip that's gone to 20 million people. And there's mm-hmm. this fabulous voice that motivates and inspires underneath and it's showed up in TV shows and so on and so forth. And you know, it's in a movie now called 1517 Paris. Oh, yeah, right. The young man who was on the train, one of them was listening to me and he said when he heard me speak, it gave him the courage to confront the terrorists. So wow. it, they play it in the movie. Wow, that's the yes. new Clint Eastwood movie and that's yes. awesome stuff. And you show up all over the place. Yes. There's also many people like myself have been following you for years and years and years have listened to your recordings and read your books and the first family of motivation that's what the brown family have been for for many many years les it's a great honor to have you here today thank you so much let's do this let's give for those who are kind of new i always think it's good to presume that Mm -hmm. Uh, let's give them uh, the reader's digest version of the les brown story well first of all i want to thank you very much and i was just thinking as you were talking and reflecting in my years in the industry This is the first time that I've had a conversation with someone like you. Hmm. And what I mean by that, that you have been a messenger of teaching people methods and techniques and how they can begin to reinvent themselves and build their business. Mm -hmm. But you are the message, Hmm. that you are the example. Hmm. And so I identify with you because you've been there. You know, Booker T. Washington said, judge a man or woman not by what they have accomplished, but what they had to overcome for their accomplishment. Mm -hmm. And so what I love about you is that you have been the embodiment of what do you do if you come from nothing? What do you do if the odds are stacked against you? What do you do if you've gone through some stuff Mm -hmm. and not allow that stuff to compromise your sense of self Mm -hmm. and still find a way to dig deep within, to rise up above that and define and create your own future? So you are self-definitional and so you are the example to me as well as a person who is inspirational in teaching others how to do it. So I have high respect for you. You're very kind, my friend. And again, I've enjoyed our relationship through the years. I listen to you, like people listen are listening to us, for years and years before we ever met. Yes. Became friends and had a chance to share a stage. Many times you've spoken at the Buffini events and wowed our audiences, and it's been nothing but a treat. But that's yeah. kind of you. But the other thing is I'd like for people to get from our conversation. You know, mm. I'm starting my 74th year on the planet, that you're never too old to learn, mm. and you're never too young to teach. And so you are teaching me now, mm. and you are my mentor in helping me to institutionalize my work and be able to create something that I can leave for my children and my grandchildren and my four grandsons. So I just want to thank you for your willingness to help. There are a lot of people 
who could help you that won't because they see you as competition, but you have always had a consciousness of abundance and yeah. they'll watch and observe you and study you. And I just admire you. You operate out of that thinking of Henry David Thoreau who said, do not go where the path may lead. Go where there's no path and leave a trail, and you've done that. Well, as you can tell, I brought my father-in-law with me uh, into the <laughs> studio today. He's my biggest fan, but I- I'm yours. and I- Yes. Yeah, I really want to get into some of that because you have been there, done that. Mm-hmm. And talk about, you know, growing up, you were born into an abandoned building in Liberty City. In Liberty City with a twin brother. We were born on yeah. an abandoned building on a floor, wow. hard linoleum floor. And we were adopted by Mrs. Mamie Brown. She was a domestic worker on Miami Beach. She mm. cleaned homes and she cooked for these families. And we ate the food left over from the families that she cooked for. She mm. kept their children and we wore the hand-me-down clothes. She only had a third-grade education, but she had a Ph.D. in mother wit. <laughs> uh, she, <laughs> she was quite a woman. And, and altogether, she adopted seven children. She wow. never had any children herself. I always say when I'm being interviewed, I'm here because of two women. One gave me life. The other one gave me love. Mm. God took me out of my biological mother's womb and placed me in the heart of my adopted mother. And she has been my hero even now Mm. and has really inspired me to do the things that I've done. And you've done quite a bit. Now, you were Developmentally disabled is what I remember. In the in fifth grade, education. they labeled me educable, mentally retarded. They put mm. me back from the fifth grade to the fourth grade. I failed again in the eighth grade at Booker T. Washington High School in Miami, Florida. Mm. But I had an intervening moment in my life. I'd say to people, there are moments in your life that they can make you or they can break you. Mm. And this high school teacher who had a similar personality like you, who loved to help people, and he asked me to go to the board and work a problem out. I said, sir, I can't do that. I'm not one of your students. I'm here to see my friend MacArthur Stevens. And he said, do it anyhow. And then the other students started laughing. And he said, um, what's wrong? I said, sir, I can't do it. And they said, he's Leslie. He's got a twin brother, Wesley. Wesley Smart. He's DT. He said, what's DT? He's the dumb twin. And they erupted mm. in laughter. And I said, I am, sir. And he came from behind his desk. He looked at me. He said, don't you ever say that again. Someone's opinion of you does not have to become your reality. Mm. And in that moment, Brian, one of the things I trained speakers, and I said, what we do when we speak, or if you're a coach or a trainer or an entrepreneur, we interrupt a person's story about themselves. And on that day when he spoke, he interrupted the vision and the story that I bought into my life. My favorite book says, be ye not conformed to this world, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And he interrupted that vision. My mother used to say, sticks and stones can break your bones, but words can never hurt you. Words can hurt very deeply, Brian. And they did. And through that relationship, I began to get a different vision of myself. Through that relationship, I've never known my biological mother or father, but this man, his example, it inspired me, and I decided to follow his example. And he was into self-development and introduced me to motivational materials, and I listened to them. And years later, I decided I want to do this myself. There are many people running around with a self-image, phrases they bought into. Other people have said, here's who you are. You were, by a group of people, the dumb twin. And there was evidence to back it up. Yes. Because you struggled in school. But then you met someone who spoke into your life, who believed in you, who modeled what you were looking for. They've been there, done that. Yes. And the next thing, you became interested in personal growth and development. 
Now you go on to do some remarkable things. I mean, you've had you've had a heck of a life, brother. I mean, that's I've had a very good run. You have, you have. I've been a radio personality. Yep. I used to be an elected official. I was elected to the Ohio Legislature three terms, and I was a chairman of the Human Resource Committee and Education Committee. I passed fourteen bills my first term. That was a record. And then I resigned to go back to Miami to take care of my mother when she became ill, and I refused to allow her to be committed to a nursing home. I had a problem. I told my brothers and sisters, one woman raised seven children who couldn't take care of themselves. Are you going to tell me seven grown people can't take care of one woman? Mm-hmm. No. It's not going down like that. So right. I resigned, went back to take care of my mother, and I remember when I rung the doorbell, her friend, Mrs. Mildred, said, Mamie, Leslie's here. And I heard my mother say, I knew he would come. I knew he would come. Unpack those boxes. Wow. Yeah. So, no, she wasn't going to the nursing home. Okay. I got the goosebumps going. You're not supposed to be doing this to me. I'm trying to stay cool here. Awesome stuff. And, you know, you were involved in the music business. You were Uh, in the Jackson 5 around. Yeah, I've done it all. You were married to Gladys Knight. I was the conductor of the Midnight Train. (laughs) (laughs) I was not a pip. <laughs> I've done a lot of things. Yeah. I had a talk show, was nationally syndicated talk show by King World, mm. highest rated, fastest canceled talk show in the history of television. <laughs> well, at least I had one. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I've spoken in over 51 countries. And have you seen the, on YouTube, they have Les Brown speaking in the Georgia Dome. I'm speaking yeah. to over 80,000 sure. people. Oh, yeah. So when people see that, to me, they should say, whoa, if he could go to that place, right. being born in an abandoned building on a floor, being labeled educable, mentally retarded, being adopted, if he could do that, then yeah. what are the possibilities for myself? Right. And that's your living personification of it, which is mm-hmm. why we kind of hit it off a long time ago. Yes. And it's a powerful thing. It's a beautiful story. But you've also spent your life inspiring and helping other people. And yes. whether it was your books, whether it's your seminars, guest speaking, public speaking, uh, your fabulous event on uh, how to tell your story, which is... Yes, you I know, enjoy that. We do a training called Discover Your Power Voice. Mm-hmm. There is in all of us, I believe, it was Maya Angelou who said that we should be ashamed to die, mm-hmm. that there's nothing as powerful as, as an untold story buried in your soul. Mm-hmm. Don't take that story to your grave with you because there are some people that can learn from that story, from your example, from the things that you've done, and this is what you've done. You, you literally coming out of the things that you have experienced and how you came to a a country that you did not know the culture, you did not have the relationships, and you using the work ethic that you learned from your grandfather. And and one of the things I got from you, would you put your name on that, Mm -hmm. that that statement there, that living from a place of integrity, that deciding to hold yourself to a higher standard, Mm -hmm. that to me is what it takes to become an entrepreneur, to become an immigrant, Mm -hmm. because you've said to yourself, I've got to make this happen no matter what. You bet. And average is not an option. Yes, sir. And whether you're black and in inner city Miami or poor and white and coming from the south side of Dublin, there's one concept that when I first heard you say this, it stopped me in my tracks. Mm -hmm. And it was about being hungry. You got to be hungry. (laughs) So... Again, describe the concept to people and what it means, and and it's just a message that's resonated with so many. The people that are hungry are are willing to do the things today others won't do Mm -hmm. in order to have the things tomorrow others won't have. When I decided to become a speaker, I looked at and see what the other speakers were doing, and I noticed that 99% of them 
had memorized a good script and they go around and do it. Mm-hmm. So I decided I was going to outwork them. Mm-hmm. When I came to speak to you, mm-hmm. I didn't just come in with a memorized script. I yeah. came in, I interviewed you, yep. and I interviewed your top performers. Mm-hmm. And then on stage, I created an experience and incorporated those stories and those examples in my presentation. 100%. Which was, by the way, why we were able to have you come back many, 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 many times. Yes. Which other people don't get. We yes. normally have someone comes in one time because mm-hmm. they got one talk. Yes. But you were able to personalize it. Yeah. So I train myself to be personal and versatile. I read a minimum of three books a month. There's no one in the industry, and this is not brag, but just true, mm-hmm. that know as many quotes and as many studies. Mm-hmm. And so if you're an immigrant or if you have the complexion of rejection like I do... <laughs> Yeah, that being average is not an option. You have got to be extraordinary in order to be considered average. Yeah, right. Yes. And so you hold yourself to a higher standard. You're willing to go all out. You're willing to provide more service than you get paid for. Mm -hmm. You're willing for always looking for ways in which you can take your customers and not satisfy them or please them, but find ways to amaze them Mm -hmm. with the quality of the service that you provide. You know, I was hungry. And mm-hmm. I was hungry. Yes. When I no longer became hungry, I'm still hungry. Mm-hmm. And that's what people have to truly embrace. Because so many people, their drive is by the scent of their circumstances. Yes. Their back's against the wall, they get motivated. And as soon as they get to average, then they start to go into slow decline again until they get their back against the wall because they feel that adrenaline and so on and so forth. Talk a little bit about what it takes internally to have that hungry mindset. I think that the model that you have created is very important. And that is that I believe that you can't read the label if you're locked in a box. Mm. That's where your coaching program comes in. Mm -hmm. That it's very important to align yourself with someone who has experience and trained eyes and who can see what you can't see. And that brings some value to you and hold you accountable. Studies indicate that the average person, when they have accountability partners, that increased the possibility of them staying on course and staying hungry by 42%. Mm. Most people try and do it by themselves. You can't do it by yourself. You need to have what I call collaborative, achievement-driven, supportive relationships that will hold you accountable. Mike Mm. Williams, he wrote the book called The Road to Your Best Stuff, Mm -hmm. The Road to Your Best Stuff. He also has an audio version of that. He's been my mentor for 48 years. He's a strategist. And so he saw this Les Brown before I saw this Les Brown. Mm. I had no idea that this Les Brown existed. And so I encourage people, part of being motivated is surrounding yourself, what I call OQP, only quality Mm, people. Right. Only quality people. You have to look at your relationships and ask the question, What is this relationship doing to me? Because relationships, they're either toxic or they're positive relationships. They either take you down or they will build you up. And sometimes they can change. So you have to monitor and evaluate them because they will impact your mind. There's a new term in psychiatry called relational illness. There's some people that can make you sick. Right. And so you have to determine as you look at yourself and evaluate them periodically, is this relationship an asset to me or is it a liability? I like to say when my team is hiring people, I go, use the math. There's people who add. There's people who subtract. Mm-hmm. There's people who multiply, and there's people who divide. Yes. Make sure we're getting the additions, and make sure we're getting the multipliers. I like that concept. Yeah, it's good stuff. So the quote I quote of you, and I'll be honest, I have to admit, I do my very good Les Brown impersonation. Mm-hmm. Yes, but, I know. Um, <laughs> 
But I go, do what is easy and your life will be hard. Yes. Yeah. But do what is hard and your life will be easy. I didn't do what I'm doing now for 14 years because I didn't believe not having a college education, not ever working for a major corporation, that I would have the ability to develop the level of credibility that speakers bureaus or corporations would Mm. bring me in to hire me to train them how to do something I've never done. And Mike Williams, once again, he said to me, he said, Brownie, he said, don't focus on what you don't have. He said, focus on what you do have Mm -hmm. and strengthen that and develop strategic relationships and find a way that you can get into the game and be able to do what it is you want to do. He said, if you do what is easy, give yourself a pass, come up with excuses. I don't have the money. I don't have the resources. Your life will be hard. But if you do what is hard, find a way to win. Discipline yourself. Increase your value. Find for ways in which you can impact your customers and create an experience for them that they will, hey, look, you need to bring that guy in because he made a difference for us impact their bottom line give more than you get paid for he said I guarantee you that you'll be able to build the business and Mm -hmm. he was right and I want a business you built and millions and millions of dollars later all over the world and Mm -hmm. it's been a beautiful thing to watch talk about the concept that you helped refine for me because you came and visited Buffini Company mm-hmm. a number of years ago and saw the coaching and offices and what we did and you're like okay yes I'm like in Disneyland here yes but I kind of when I laid out for you what I felt we did you're the one who coined the phrase for me mindset motivation and methodologies yes talk about those three things and it'll be great for our audience because we have millions of people who've been listening to this show they don't know that Les Brown had his fingerprints on it mm-hmm. at its inception. But talk a little bit about, from your perspective, why those three, mindset, motivation, and methodologies, why they're so important. One of the mentors that we both had is Earl Nightingale. Yes. And I remember shining the shoes of Mr. Sadursky on Miami Beach. He was a very wealthy man that my mother worked for. And as I was listening to him, one of the things that he said, and he always had sessions in the morning that he listened to Earl Nightingale, Zig Ziglar, if you give enough people what they want, they will give you what you want. Uh, Jim Rowan, when the end comes for you, let it find you conquering a new mountain, not sliding down an old one. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that Earl Nightingale said, he said, you don't get in life what you want. You get in life what you are. Mm. And so when I heard that, that as we look at ourselves and look at our goals, one of the most important things that we have to do is have goals beyond our comfort zone. Why? Because in order to do something you've never done, you've got to become someone you've never been. Yes. And so as we look at our goals and dreams, that we have to spend time developing ourselves. Today, you either expand or you're expendable to your mindset Mm. that if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to face a lot of rejection and you're going to fail your way to success. When you develop your mindset, you make no, you make rejections your vitamins that you're not stopped by, you are inspired by it. Mm. And so the mindset is crucial. You have to have mental resiliency in order to stay in the game. And most people, they first go after the goal and dream, but they don't work on themselves. My favorite book says, be not conformed to this world, be mm-hmm. transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's an ongoing process. If you stop, you're going to begin to engage in unconscious self-destructive behavior. You're the master of motivation. So talk about this a little bit. First of all, I want to talk about why people need motivation. Mm -hmm. And then I would like to talk about your perspective on how you go about motivating people. But why is it that people need motivation? Because my favorite book says, think it not strange that you'll face the fiery furnaces of this world. You will, not you might. You will have tribulations. Give your point. And I said Mm -hmm. to you earlier, I don't care how old you are 
and how old your children become. My oldest son had a stroke. Mm. And while I'm motivating and encouraging people and other things happen to me, but when my son had a stroke and my youngest son suffering from bipolar, that hit me below the belt. I'm a 21-year cancer conqueror. And I know how important your mindset is in not allowing things to get to you. You know, people say cancer feeds off sugar. Well, it thrives off stress. And Mm. I was stressed out of my mind watching my son drop from 265 pounds down to 63 pounds and being fed with a tube in his stomach and Mm. being at death's door. Mm. And so I had to have help. First, I tell people, ask for help, not Mm. because you're weak but because you want to remain strong Mm. and ask for help and don't stop until you get it. I had people around me who said, listen, Les, he can get through this. You can make it. You can handle it because I got hit below the belt and it it, it hurt me. And, And let me share with you what happened. For a year and a half, he could not eat, could not swallow his own saliva. A doctor comes in and cancels the IG and say, look, get used to this young man. You will never swallow again. You're going to have a cup of something you can spit in. And yes, it's disgusting, but this is your new normal. And my son looked at two clinicians standing behind him, and they looked at each other, and they were startled. So when the doctor left the room and said, look, you are 53. Those cells are dead. It's been a year and a half. This is it for you. And my son said, why did you look at each other like that? And they said, He can't say that. You're a young man. You're not in your 70s or 80s. So this lady said, come to my clinic, and let me see, can I help you? She came to his clinic. Two weeks later, my son was able to swallow his saliva. Three weeks later, he was able to drink soup, and now he's eating food. He's now up to 151 pounds, Mm. and they're going to be taking the tube out. Mm. Now, but during that time, Seeing him down to 63 pounds, man, you know, I prayed to God and I said, Lord, don't take my son. Take me. I've had a good run. Take me. Don't do this to my son. Life is hard. It is. Life is hard. And we all go through it. And and Mm -hmm. what you're sharing with folks right now, what they need to know is, you know, you're the guy that people think 10 feet tall, never had a bad day in his life. You're out there motivating people, inspiring people all day long. But life happens to you. Man, it humbled me. I used to pray in bed. After my son had a stroke, yeah. and John Leslie dealing with bipolar, I get down on my knees. Yeah. <laughs> that That's good. Yeah. But here's the bottom line. Now, you also have a gift. You have mm-hmm. a gift that God's given you, the ability to reach people. Thank you. And motivate and inspire people. There's a lot of folks who are, they need to motivate a customer. They need to motivate their family. They need to motivate themselves. They need to motivate a team. What are the keys to being a good motivator? Number one, we have to be the example. Mm. That when I look at you, what you do and how you live your life, one of the things I believe that we are three-dimensional. We have our public life, we have our private life, and we have our secret life. Mm. And the key to motivation is being congruent Mm -hmm. and being in alignment Mm -hmm. with our values and the vision that we have of ourselves and the goals that we set for ourselves and the people that we surround ourselves with. And Mm -hmm. so I have to be the message. You know, there's a saying, you know, practice what you preach. Now, Mm -hmm. I believe preach what you practice. Right. That's a whole different dynamic. And so people see that. Be a good example rather than a good opinion giver. You know, like you, people come to me all the time. I get hundreds of letters every year. I want to be a speaker. I want Mm -hmm. to be a speaker. And I always respond to them and I go, you know, 
the same book that you quoted several times here, it says, don't be a teacher because you incur a stricter judgment. Mm-hmm. If you're going to stand on stage and promote a certain philosophy and application of it, if you don't live it, it will tear you up inside. Listen, when you have a doctor look at you and no one ever want to hear these three words, you have cancer. Those three words, most feared words mm-hmm. in seven different languages. Mm-hmm. When I was told that... 21 years ago, my PSA, which stands for prostate-specific antigen, mm-hmm. was 2,400, all right? To me, PSA stands for positively staying alive. <laughs> yes, <laughs> no does. doubt. That's now, right. What's a good number? So you're at 2,400. What's a good number for a PSA? One to four. Wow. Yes, and it metastasized uh, to seven areas of my body. Now, that was good news. Because seven is my lucky number. Mm. I was born February the 17th. I'm one of seven children. Joshua marched around the walls of Jericho seven times. Uh Naaman dipped himself in the River Jordan seven times. I tell you, seven is my lucky number. My phone number is 702. My email is lesbrown77. Can you feel the brother up in here? So when they told me that cancer had metastasized the seven areas of my body, I knew that cancer was getting the hell beat out of it. So instead of roll up into a ball, the doctor says go home and make your bed, you're dead. You embraced it, you fought it, and you threw everything at it. I read Norman Cousins' book, The Biology of Hope, Mm. Bruce Lifton, The Biology of Belief. I believe in eating live food, and you have to surround yourself with positive relationships. You have to have social support. Mm -hmm. If you do those things, plus herbs that I take, and I do a lot of research, and every choice that I make and the affirmations, I am a cancer conqueror, the things that I say to myself and I visualize myself, I have old pictures that I look at when I did not have cancer. And I look at those and I said, I'm there. That's me. As you affirm these things, we are literally through our spoken words, through our thoughts, we can change our gene expression mm-hmm. and impact the way our immune system shows up and fight disease. So living to me, when somebody says you are incurable, the first of all, I think the doctor should never tell someone they're terminally ill. Mm. What they should say is my ability to help you has terminated. Mm. Now you need to explore some other options. Mm -hmm. To me, incurable means it can be cured from within. Mm. And so that's the strategy, the battle plan. And just recently, two months ago, Cleveland Clinic told Denise Dahmer, the nurse that was with me, I was experiencing excruciating pain flying back from London, and they said, look, we're going to give him palliative care. And she said, what do you mean? And I asked him later, I said, what does palliative care mean? She said, they said, they're going to make you comfortable, but they're not going to treat the cancer because it's metastasized to your spine. I said, whoa, and at that moment, my son... I said, John Leslie, they told me they're going to make me comfortable. He said, no, Dad. He said, they want to make you comfortable, but you've now got to become combative. You Mm. taught me life is a fight for territory, and once you stop fighting for what you want, what you don't want will automatically take over. So talk about methodologies, because the bottom line is, you know, as we all know, there's plenty of people that go around the world pumping people up and firing people up, and then what do I go do? Yes. You know, if there's no methodologies, nothing happens. Yeah. Well, let me give some suggestions to yeah. people that are listening right now. Yeah. I encourage everybody to go on YouTube. And this won't cost them anything. And yep. download Les Brown speaking in the Georgia Dome. Sure. It's called It's Not Over Till You Win. I encourage right. them to get the video that's called It's Possible. Mm-hmm. And there's another one called Getting Unstuck. Mm-hmm. And now, as they watch that, and there's another one called Mindset, Changing Your Mindset. As they listen to this over and over again for a minimum of 21 days, as you know, 
know it goes past the conscious mind mm-hmm. to the subconscious mind. Right. The next thing is organize a team of collaborative achievement-driven supportive relationships, mm-hmm. people that will challenge you, people that can learn from you. I said to you when you were working with me and showing me what the different business models of methods and techniques that you've used successfully, things that I can apply in my business. And I said, I want to partner with you. I'd like for you to teach me how to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, most people won't because of ego and pride. Right. Ego, I call that edging God out. Pride, mm. pride cometh before fall. Won't admit what they don't know. Yeah. I'm okay with that because I want to learn from you. I'm yeah. still growing. I'm like the lady who said, Lord, I ain't what I want to be, ain't what I'm going to be, but thank God I sure ain't what I was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, if you look on the back here, I have a brass plate that is from Michelangelo. Mm. And it was in his 70s, this sign hung in his study. And it's Ancoro Imparo is how I've been Ancoro Imparo. And it's I'm Still Learning. Mm, and, I love that. I'm going to make that famous for you. Yeah, well, uh, you know. Ancoro Imparo. So that's, I have that every mm-hmm. day. I yeah. have my grandfather Ancoro, up there. Yeah. Can you put your name to it? Yes. You know, all of these oh, things. Oh, I'm going to give a speech on that. Trust me on hey, that one. I will tell you. What's I'm your grandfather's happy. name? Uh, Harry Buffini. Got it. Harry Buffini. Yes. The, Can you put your name to it? I it. like that. It works. It works. And so we need mindset to know because we have to have our mind right. Motivation, because life's hard. And yes. methodologies, you got to do it. Faith without works is dead. Yes. You know, I know lots of positive, motivated people who are broke. Yes. Because they have the mindset, they even have the motivation. But if you don't put the methodologies in place. Most people are feeling because they don't know that they don't know right. and they think they know. Mm-hmm. And so what's key is coaching. Yep. Like I said, mm-hmm. that there's no reason to lose today in business mm-hmm. when you have people like yourself who have a proven record mm-hmm. of what you have done, then I've got to be willing to come to you and say, listen, this is what I want to do. Can you help me get there? Yeah. Okay. And so the people who are failing, the reason that franchises are more successful than entrepreneurs individually mm-hmm. is because they have a system. There's right. no secret to success. There's a system to success. Mm-hmm. So while my gift is speaking and helping a person to tell their story and transform lives, your gift is that and in addition to that, structure, systems, organizational thinking and how to begin to take an idea and a concept and put it in a system and monetize it and get it out to the masses. So therefore, I shouldn't have to go over here and try and figure this out myself. I should be willing to come here as I have and say, hey, I need some help. What can we do? What value can I bring to you? And what value can you bring to me? It's a beautiful thing. You think about it. McDonald's has been around a long time. Yes. This year... McDonald's will be the fastest-growing franchise of any company in the world. Yes. And will be the fastest-growing franchise in America. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. I honestly have not eaten in McDonald's in 20 years. Yes. What people are looking at is they buy a McDonald's because it's a system. Yes. And they want a system that can duplicate. Yes. And that's the key. And that's why other people have developed systems. You know, for us, uh, we have Microsoft. I use Microsoft because somebody like Bill Gates spent hundreds of millions of dollars on a company to develop that. So I go use an existing system as opposed to build one myself. Yes. So find a system that works and follow it. I've wanted to ask you this question for a long time. Mm-hmm. You've traveled all over the world. Yes. You've been asked to come in and motivate and fire people up and teach and train and do whatever. What is the one thing? If you just said, man, there's just one thing that I could give somebody that is the element of success, the most important element of success. What is it for you? Do what you're called to do. Mm. I was in an audience, and this guy was speaking. Mike Williams had said to me, Brownie, you know why you go see Zig Ziglar and 
Earl Nightingale and Robert Schuller. I said, yeah, I like the message. He says, no. He said, that's who you are. I said, come on, Mike. I could never do that. I don't have a college training. He said, that's who you are. And he said this to me for 14 years. For 14 years, I convinced myself that I could not do what I'm doing. And then I heard a guy speak when my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I went to this event just to build my spirit up and saying, how am I going to take care of my mother? What am I going to do? Because things that she needed, insurance did not cover. Mm. And this guy stopped in the middle of his presentation, Brian. And he said, I don't know who this person is. He said, but there's somebody here that's supposed to be doing this. And he said, you know who you are. He said, I do this. He said, I, like, I make a lot of money. He said, but you love people and you love this. He said, you ought to do this, but you've convinced yourself you can't do it. Then he went on his presentation, and I'm saying, oh, my God, this guy's talking to me. Mm -hmm. And then he stopped again. He said, look, I'm going to say this, and I'm through. He said, listen, whoever you are, he said, it's not what you don't have. It's what you think you need that would allow you to do what it is you want to do. And he says, don't let that stop you. You are enough. And he said, the reason I'm standing up here in your dream holding a microphone, motivating people like you should, he said, I represent the thoughts you have rejected for yourself. Wow. When he said that, Brian, I started crying, getting emotional about that. Thinking about that, I, I got up, and at that time, you could make a phone call for a dime. And I called Mike Williams. I went to his pay phone. I said, Mike, he said, yes. What's wrong, Brownie? I said, I'm not rejecting myself anymore. Do you hear me? He said, Brownie, calm down. I said, no, no, I'm not rejecting myself anymore. I said, I got a story. I got to speak it. I got to take care of my mama. Please help me. Talk to me, Mike. Talk to me that I can do this. He said, you can. I've always believed it. I said, I'm ready, man. I'm ready. I'm ready. I said, come help me. I'm ready. I got to do it. I got to do it. And I'm saying, find something that's you. We were not, Brian, born to work for a living, but to live our making. And living our making will make our living. As I have a gift in speaking, and you have this gift too, but you have a gift in systems. You have a, a way in which you see things that other people can't see it like that because you have trained eyes and, and that's the way you see it. And so what you've done is you have aligned yourself with the purpose. It's been said the most important moment in our lives, the day we were born and the day we realize why we were born. Mm. When I spoke in Poland to over 30,000 people, I remember a guy coming to me afterwards and he said, I don't know you. I never heard of you. He said, but today you spoke life to me, young man. Uh -huh. You spoke life to me. And we both embraced and cried because on that day, there are certain people, we have an energy signature. I've got an energy signature. There are some people that's going to hear both of us. But because of your energy signature, because of your personality, because of your experiences, and because of how they connect with you, that when you speak, that they are going to be impacted by you. Something about you. There's a frequency in our voice. And that's why one of the goals I have is, is, is training a, a million voices of hope. When there's hope in the future that gives you power in the present. And so as we look at ourselves and see that there is something that we were chosen to do. Right. And spend time. Some people know right away. 
But some people, it takes a minute. Most of us. Yes, and that's okay. And so I used to be a state legislator, a disc jockey, a talk show host, a community activist. I worked for the Miami Sanitation Department. To us, I believe that life is about experimenting and testing and finding out what is your sweet spot. Love it. Wow. Well, I hope you guys are taking notes. I would imagine this is a podcast you're going to listen to many, many times, as they should. I have a little tradition with Mm -hmm. the podcast that I've asked every guest these five kind of rapid-fire questions. You don't know what they're coming. Yes. We may have covered one of them already, but I'm going to go. So as we finish here, first of all, what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? You must be willing to do the things today others won't do mm-hmm. in order to have the things tomorrow others won't have. Mm-hmm. You've got to be willing to sacrifice. You've got to be willing to develop yourself. You've got to be willing to change your relationships. You've got to be willing to become a risk taker. You've got to be willing to invest in yourself. Who was that? Who was that? Mike Williams. Nice. That's the author your man. of The Road to Your Best Stuff. Nice. Yeah. We've got him down, and I'm sure he'll be selling a lot of books oh, <laughs> from this good. podcast. Yeah. What's the one talent or gift you wish you possessed that you currently don't? What you have. If I had your gift, I would be a billionaire. <laughs> you are so organized. I saw the little neat things on the little <laughs> stickers. Well, I am yes. systemized. Um, I wish my wife I had calls that it gift. anal, but yes. uh, okay. it works yeah, out. It, it does works out. work out, yep. yes. What book has been most instrumental in your life? The Bible. Yeah? Yes. Okay, now I'm not going to let you pass with that one. Which character in the Bible do you most identify with? I identify with Paul Ah. because he was relentless and unstoppable. Mm. I identified with Paul. Nice. Yes, I fought a good fight. Yes, sir. He was everywhere. Okay. What's your favorite song? I Did It My Way by Frank Sinatra. Wow. Yes, but I flipped it. I did it God's way. Mm. I thought it was me, Mm. but I realized that I'm here because of his grace and mercy, Mm. and I'm so appreciative that he saw fit to use me in a special way to help people. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. For decades, my friend. You've been blessing yes. people for decades and decades. Mm-hmm. And it is true. You yes. know, the, the, to me, the two greatest affirmations in the world is if he can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. And I did it before, I can do it again. Mm-hmm. Last one. If there's a movie on and you're scrolling through the channels and there's this one movie and every time it's on, you stop. Yes. What's the one Forrest movie? Gump. Come on. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. I love that because it is. In a short period of time, I went through a divorce from someone that I love very much. Short period of time, my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer in the past. My best friend died, and I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And in the midst of that, you know, when things happen to you, sometimes people have the tendency to ask, why did this happen to me? And I say, why not you? Who would you suggest? (laughs) (laughs) You want to give me some emails? (laughs) And don't go around telling everybody, 80% don't care, 20% glad it's you. (laughs) (laughs) But, But I read this quote that said, in life, You will always be faced with a series of God-ordained opportunities, brilliantly disguised as problems and challenges. Mm. And so when things happen to me, I realize that things, they can happen to you or they can happen through you. And I believe that Robert Shuler was right. Tough times never last, but tough people do. Yes, sir. That this has not come to stay, it has come to pass. Well, my friend, this podcast has been like a box of chocolates. Thank you. And uh, we didn't know what we were going to get into here today, but I think 
and I hope people feel the heart and the sincerity, the love we have for each other. Mm -hmm. I want you to know that you're a blessing. Thank I want you. you to know that you blessed my life. It's been a blessing. I know when I came here, at this stage of my life, I need some help. And I called you. Yes, sir. And I knew you would say come. When I talked to David, who's been so kind and so sensitive, and you're very busy. And it's been said, judge a man not by what he does, but what he does that he doesn't have to do. You didn't have to see me. And you did. And I thank you. If you've enjoyed today's show, and, and I hope you guys have, I hope you listen to this presentation many times. There are so many rich quotes, so many powerful examples from a man who's lived a great life with many more years of life-giving work to do as well. Please share this show with a friend. That's all we ask. We don't run ads. We don't market and sell things on this podcast. We ask you to do this. If you enjoyed this program, send it to a friend, someone who needs a word of encouragement from the great Les Brown. And as I finish here today, I'll leave you with the Irish blessing that my grandfather, who's Les's new best friend... Yes, would you put your name on it? That's it. Well, he used to say this when we leave the house. May the roads rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sunshine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. We'll see you next time. Thank you. God bless.